As we concentrate that the gifts of the Holy Spirit might function are what the secularist might speak of as the paranormal, let us believe. Let us believe. What do you want to call me a murderer for? I've never killed anyone. I don't need to kill anyone. I think it. I have it here. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Go into the light. Here's Johnny. Please, God. This is God. You still wake up sometimes, don't you? Wake up in the dark. Yeah, the screaming of the Hello, and uh, welcome to Hauntings and Homicide, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Selena. I'm scared of everything, and I sleep with the nightlight, but here we are. And I'm Heather, and I haven't slept in years, and we have a special guest today. This is my very good friend, Michelle. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and... No? Uh, my name is Michelle. Uh, what do I do? I'm a registered nurse. I also like to practice hoodoo. Uh-huh. And it works out for me to practice nursing and hoodoo together. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, well, that's interesting. We'll hear more about that later. So our um, subject today is voodoo slash hoodoo, which we'll get into the difference thereof later on in this episode. Um, I invited Michelle on because she is our... Um, voodoo queen um so we're very lucky to have her and uh add some legitimacy to this episode and so i'm not just another um white woman talking about things that i shouldn't (laughs) i'm gonna white splain voodoo to you all you're welcome (laughs) the title of my research i guess is voodoo as fuck which I'm not sure why it says that. I like it. Okay, thanks. Okay, so for most, when the word voodoo is mentioned, certain images and connotations pop up, like black magic, or a witch doctor slaughtering chickens, performing a ritual beside an open fire, a woman scorned shoving pins into a doll fashioned in the likeness of her former lover, blood sacrifices, Uh, When we hear the word voodoo, so many of us immediately make the jump to the word evil. A shiver runs down our spine, imagining dark incantations being chanted in the dead of night. Strange symbols being painted on altars, shrines to deities we don't know the names of, but still have the power to invoke fear in our hearts. Voodoo has a reputation, but it's not at all what we in the West have made it out to be. It's time to shed some light on what may be the world's most misunderstood religion. Anything to add? Got some. So well, we touched on voodoo dolls. So voodoo oh, yeah? dolls um, are usually used for good magic. Really? Not bad magic. Um, it's all about what you desire and what you're responding to. Um, they have been known by a, to be a tool that's used for revenge, mm-hmm. but most practitioners do not use them. That's a that's a Hollywood thing. So most no. practitioners do not use voodoo dolls in that way. They use them for good. Like, I have two at the house that are good dolls. You don't use them. You don't poke pins in them. You don't do anything good luck. You, you, like, give it a foot massage or what? I just hang out with it. You hang yeah, out with it's it? On my, it's on my nightstand near my bed. That one is. And the other one is in the living room. Are they in, like, the likeness see. of a person? Or are they just, like, like a more of a creature? Like, oh, that sounds bad. But, like, a... They don't really look like... 
a person. Like okay. It's made with different kind of material. It's got a dress on, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have like a human face. Mm-hmm. It's like a dry, prune type of looking face, but it's not in the. It doesn't look like a human. Okay. But um, it's a it's a protection doll. So. Oh. Okay. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the origin of voodoo. Um, so it originated in West Africa, even though it's often accredited to Haiti. But the thing is, in the 15th century, millions of West Africans were kidnapped and transported to the Caribbean and sold into slavery, where their voodoo practices took on different forms. Um, There are many different sects of voodoo, depending on where it was learned from, it being a spoken word religion with no official texts or source material. When asking, where did voodoo originate, you have to be more specific. To keep things a little more simple, I'll be speaking almost exclusively about Haitian voodoo. So, like, Selena and I were having lunch earlier and talking about, like, how voodoo, there's so many different types that's that's practiced, because it, it almost um, differentiates between, like, different families. Yeah. Because, like, culturally it's passed down, and, like, it depends on not only where you came from, but, like, who your family is, and it kind of, it's, like, paganism in general, it's, like, you know, it's my paganism is different than yours. It's like mm-hmm. voodoo, like the way I practice voodoo is not the way you practice voodoo, etc. In the Voodoo religion, followers believe in many deities, or more accurately, spirits known as Loa. There is a creator god known as Bondi. Is that right? Bondi. Which means good god. War. What is it good for? Good god, y'all. Anyway. And the Loa act as messengers between regular people and Bondi. As he is extremely distant and uh, too busy, I guess. Um, gotta call his people who will call your people chain of command, you know, that kind of thing. So, Haitian voodoo is closely aligned with Catholicism, as the slaves were forced not only into a country they had no desire to be in, and of course forced into slavery, but they were also obligated to adopt their captor's religion. In order to create perceived compliance, the voodoo practitioners hid their true religion beneath a Catholic umbrella. Bondi, the creator god, was just God, with a capital G, and the Loa were the saints that acted as his messengers. For example, the Loa known as Papa Legba, aka the Keeper of the Crossroads, is extremely similar in design to Saint Christopher. In a Voodon practitioner's home, you'll typically find an altar with candles, rosaries, and tributes to their ancestors. Um, anything? No? Uh, let's see. You have to correct anything I said? I don't have to correct anything. Oh, I, if you want to talk about a couple different Loas, I have some of the more common Loas. Okay. So we have Rada Loa. Mm-hmm. They're generally older. And they're from the kingdom of Dahomey, Africa. They are water spirits. Then you have Petra Loa. They're more fiery. Mm. They come off across as aggressive and combative. I'm sorry. <laughs> you have Congo Loa. Um... They're fierce femme fatale, and they're from the Congo. So these are feminine Ooh. powerses, the Congo Loa. I like it. So this is a couple of the Loas. Oh, thank you. Okay, so during ritual, practitioners will often become possessed by a particular Loa that has chosen them. They consider the Loa the rider and the chosen vessel to be the horse. It is a great honor to be chosen for possession, and it is a careful and sacred process. The ceremony begins with an animal sacrifice, usually a goat, pig, chicken, or bull, followed by a Catholic prayer. 
It's not about the killing or death of the animal, but the transfer of its life to the chosen loa. The one possessed often takes on attributes and characteristics of the loa that is taking control of them. Hopefully, the spirit involved is benign, though some become aggressive and intimidating. Probably that uh, Rada, yeah. the Rada loa. Yeah. They're the fire... Wait, no. No, not the, the Rada was the water one. Right, the other one. Petra Loa. Got it. Okay. So, the possessed often speak in tongues, much like their Christianic counterparts. Participants then make requests of the Loa, asking for good luck or an increase in health. Drummers are nearby, keeping a steady rhythm, while others chant, sing, and dance, which vary depending on the Loa involved. A voodoo priest, known as a... I want to give it a German pronunciation, but that's not right. Hungen. Hungen. Nope. Sounds very German. (laughs) Hungen. And priestess called a mambo. Number five. Create sigils on the ground using rum or cornmeal. When the ceremony is finished, these symbols will be destroyed. Okay, so in the Vudan religion, death is respected as a natural part of life. It's simply a transition from one phase to another. The next part of your soul's journey. It is believed that after someone passes away, their spirit is trapped in water or the mountains or grottos for one year and one day. At that time, a ceremony is performed to release the soul into the afterlife. Some believe that the spirit will then become part of the wind or one with the trees, but others do believe in in an eternal afterlife with God. So one of those, like, depending on what your voodoo culture is. Now, when talking about voodoo, the next thing that naturally comes up in conversation is hoodoo. So what the hell is hoodoo? It's one of those subcategories I mentioned earlier. When the captured West Africans were brought over here, this was kind of another mishmash of African culture that could be done in secret so the slavers wouldn't catch them. Hoodoo is the one you are really thinking of when you're imagining the witchier rituals, though they aren't nearly as sinister as the media has made them out to be. Hoodoo was created to allow people to access the supernatural to improve their lives. Practitioners often used all kinds of natural ingredients in their rituals, such as herbs, minerals, animal body parts, blood, and semen. Um, someone was like, I can promise you good luck. Uh, here's your semen potion. <laughs> I'd be like, you know, um, thanks so much, but I'm, I'm, I'm good, I think. But that's so generous. Maybe, maybe, another, maybe another time. Semen potion. You know anything about semen potions? No. No, okay. No, Just, semen. that's fine. I'm, I'm <laughs> okay with that. It would depend on <laughs> <the> <laughs> semen it was. <laughs> and where did you get it and how? And, never mind. Let's not go there. Um, so, hoodoo rituals are designed to bring love into your life, increase health, money, banish negativity, etc. What do you, what do you know about hoodoo? What's your... Uh, for me... Uh, it's, What's your relationship with hoodoo? It's non-traditional. Like voodoo has more of a religious undertones, and hoodoo is more um, of what I choose to practice because I don't use saints or right. uh, anything like that. It has anything to do with uh, being Catholic, and so for me, um, what religion it, were you raised? Episcopal. With? So really, it's a combination of my my grandfather was Catholic. My grandmother was Mennonite, mm-hmm. and so they said, let's do other Portuguese. So they were like, really? Hey, we're going to go ahead and do um, 
Episcopal. And I was baptized. They Christian. just they picked a religion out of yeah, catalog. They decided like, this one looks good, I guess. I was like, we're not doing Catholic. And he's like, well, we're not doing Mennonite. And mm-hmm. so they decided. Before. They compromised on yeah. a religion. <laughs> and so there we are. And I have the, like, my mom brings out the pictures of when I was baptized. And oh, look at you now. How do you feel about that now? I'm okay oh, with it. You're because okay? it was her choice. Okay. Like, I won't. I have a son, and he understands what I do. Mm-hmm. So he tells people, hey, my mom's kind of witchy. I'm like, hey, I don't know if we should be telling that junior <laughs> high, but he's, he's proud of it. Okay. And so, um, but I'm going to let him choose what he wants to do. I think that's honestly the best yeah. case. It's really hard when, I feel like it, it's hard for me to see people, like, choose for their children, and it's like, yeah, oh. that's really. Like, I don't, I don't, I mean. With my parents, like, it was just, a, we're Hispanic and Catholic, so it's just, mm-hmm. you get baptized, but mm-hmm. I, I think that's a, I think that's a very smart idea to just, like, hey, like, when you're informed, like, you choose what you want to do. Yeah. And my so, son, he's like, hey, you want to go to church? I'm like, mm, not really. <laughs> I'll, I'll drive you there yeah. and drop you off. It's good. Like, mm-hmm. get your relationship on, but um, I'm very open with him, mm-hmm. and he understands what I do and the rituals and the things that I do, and he knows why. Mm-hmm. I don't sacrifice animals. Right. I love animals. Yeah, me all too. Of them, especially the ones with fur. So I, I can't get on board with that. Uh, right. So Obviously I have to do either. alternative things when it comes to that, which is not. For sure. I'd rather sacrifice a person. I don't even know if I'm supposed to say that. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah, with sure you. We all feel yeah, we're, we're very um, pro-animal, yeah. iffy on people yeah. in this house. Yeah. Um, yeah. How do you feel about, I'm talking to Selena now. How do you feel about um, the voodoo mixed in with Catholicism? Thing? I will say, actually, the more I research, the more it actually intrigues me because I didn't know anything of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and I hate saying this because I feel like I should have been smarter, but you just assume like what's like in the media is like true or whatever. So yeah, you think it's the more kind of like dark and like definitely. But um, no, I think being born and raised Catholic, like. I feel like it would be a more natural segue. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely something that I'm interested in. Yeah, I think it's... I always knew that voodoo, hoodoo was very integrated with Catholicism, but Mm -hmm. I had no idea why or, like, what the origins of, like, how they became um, intertwined. And, like, learning that was fascinating. Like, doing this research, I was like, oh, my God, that's... I mean, that was brilliant on their part. Like, look at us. We're good Catholics. Mm-hmm. No witch stuff going yeah. on here. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. I think, too, um, I, I always remember, my mom only talked about this once, but she lived in Florida for a while, and she, I don't know what the circumstances were, but she talked about dabbling in black magic once. Mm. She never talks about it. I, like, I remember it, like, being a weird conversation, but I always assumed, like, oh, hey, she never wanted to talk about it, so it had to have been something, like, really bad. So I think that also added to the, like, oh, well, I'll just, like, flag that and, like, won't deal with it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like more than anything, I'm, like, very intrigued now. Oh, yeah. I would be, too. Um, so, yeah, more about that, those negative connotations. Like, people often associate voodoo with Satanism and, like, yeah, and, like, black magic. But these actually have nothing to do with, like, traditional voodoo at all. Um, another aspect people think of are zombies, which were a part of rural Haitian culture, but were never officially a part of voodoo. Oh. Um, however, there are voodoo pre- practitioners called Bokor. 
um, if you're a male, or there's a, the female version is called a caplata. They practice with both hands, meaning they use magic for both good and evil. Do you know? Do you know about this? I have a little bit about it practicing with both hands. So, but you need to. I mean, uh, even yeah. if you're doing, if you're in religion and you're practicing religion, you need to. You understand good and you understand evil. So totally. Yeah. And people are like, "I'm a white witch." Like, I, I'm gonna roll my eyes like so hard. I feel like too. It's like the butterfly effect. So no matter what you do, there's there has to be good with bad. It just. I feel like it's, like, there's, I feel like there's no, like, the only way for it to be bad is if you're harming innocent people. Yeah. Which, who does that? Like, almost no one. Um, magic isn't good or bad. It's it's all about intent. Like, if you're hexing someone because, like, they hurt you, like, hex that motherfucker. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if you're hexing someone just because you're bored, then, Yeah. That's bad. But um these these dudes, these um bokors, um they have been known to create quote unquote zombies in Haiti. Um but they're not like what you think of when when you think of like the Night of the Living Dead. Uh they're actually people who are in a drug induced state mm-hmm. with their minds basically paralyzed and easily influenced. Uh these zombies are usually made to do mundane labor the jobs no one else wanted to do. It's mostly done to prisoners or other members of society's undesirables. So I have another podcast called Cinematic on Ex Mortis, which is a horror movie podcast, and we did an episode on the movie White Zombie from 1932. And it's one of my favorite horror movies ever, but it's it's a really bad representation of voodoo and zombies and stuff like that. From Haiti, land of the voodoo, comes the most infamous cult of all. Bela Lugosi as Murder Legendre. I see death. Master of the undead damned. The sinister power behind the white zombie. It's about this guy. It, it, it takes place in Haiti, I think. <laughs> and this guy is in love with this woman and she's set to marry someone else but he's like obsessed with her so he has her turned into a zombie and now she just you know does whatever he says and goes along with it but then over the course of the movie he like learns like this isn't how I wanted it blah 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 um, it's a very elegant movie it's it, Bella Lugosi's in it he plays the voodoo do you know, you know this movie? yeah I have it so, oh, okay. Like a, yeah, oh, yeah, you're yeah. a big horror movie buff, yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Okay, well, yeah, don't don't go looking at this movie if you're like, ooh, voodoo. Like, no, it's, it's terrible. Don't don't go there. But it is, you know, a good movie overall. Now that I think about it, in Coven, did they have zombies? Yes. They did, right? Yes, they did. Okay. But they like, were really dead people, though. Oh, okay. In, in it's been real, a while since I've seen Coven, yeah. so I was like, I feel like, wait. yeah. Yeah. Okay. There were zombies, but they were the wrong kind of zombies. Oh, okay. Um, the Haitian zombies, there were for many years, people People believed that they were dead, that they, they were brought back from the dead. Mm-hmm. But really, um, at first the paralysis makes you, like, unconscious and immov- immovable, and I think, like, your heartbeat slows so much. Like the Romeo and Juliet poison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You appear dead, and then you get up and start walking around, but you're like, Ugh, you know, because you're in a drug-induced state. And they use, like, 
You're like, on like Ambien kind of thing? Yeah. They use like a bunch of herbs and like puffer fish poison mm-hmm. and like weird shit like that. Um, also, in a full circle roundabout thing, um, so a bokor, when they have possession of you, they keep your soul in a jar. Okay. Soul in a jar. So we've got ghosts in jars, now we've got souls in jars. Um, so like, if I wanted you to be my zombie, I would just put your soul in a mason jar and then you do my hair every morning for me. That's what I would. That's what I would do if you, you were my zombie. Many of my clients would want that. <laughs> I'm sure they would. <laughs> so, in general, the fear of voodoo can be traced back directly to the Haitian Revolution from 1791 to 1804. A rumor got started that the Haitians were able to beat the French during the revolution thanks to their voodoo deities rendering them invincible. That's like when you beat someone at Candyland and they accuse you of cheating, or you use their lucky piece or whatever. You know, like. You know that problem you have when you're playing Candyland? (laughs) Anyway, after the revolution, many Haitians fled the Caribbean over to New Orleans. Well, I guess that's where I jump in. Selena's going to tell you about Marie Laveau now. Well, we are bopping on down to the Big Easy, the birthplace of jazz. Yeah. The land of delicious beignets and where they serve a strong-ass hurricane. So, um, like we said, we're talking about Marie Laveau. Right. So, she's kind of a household name, I feel like. And definitely after American Horror Story, I feel like she kind of came up again. And let's talk about her. (laughs) I will start this off by saying that everything I researched, I swear, one page contradicted the next. And I think it's because... Since she was born, you know, so, what, it was, like, early 1800s, um, record-keeping wasn't really a thing, right. and everything's just been kind of told down from, like, generation to generation, so forgive me if I have false information. It's not my fault. It's the interweb's fault, so just throwing that up there. Mm-hmm. So, they believe she was born on September 10th of 1801. Is she um, a Virgo? That's a Virgo. Right? I think so. Yeah. Um, her mom, Marguerite, which I believe is her name, was a free slave, and her dad, Charles Laveau, was a wealthy businessman. Um, she, Marie was the first generation to be born free. Her mom, I think, was bought out. I feel like... Yeah, she was oh, yeah. Like a freed slave. Oh, thank you. I knew I was going to... So she was born in... Slavery. And the, the mother, right? Yeah, the, the mom. Born into slavery and then was freed. I think they also bought some other slaves, too, did you? Yes, they did. Yeah. But I guess that was a pretty common thing. They um, buy them and free them. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like... That was probably, like, really it's taboo. Totally way you could totally free them. You know? Yeah. 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 Wasn't that... That would have been, like, quite revolutionary back then. Yeah. Like, your friends would be like, why'd you do that? That was your property. Why you do it? Why you sell it? Why why are you freeing your I property? I appreciate your southern plantation owner um, accent. That's, that was perfect. <laughs> I liked it. That's perfect. My foghorn leghorn. <laughs> <laughs> Marie is described as tall, beautiful, and statuesque with curly black hair and golden skin. Oh. And what really made me upset is that 
on one of the things I was reading. Um, it also put that she had good features, which meant to say that she took more after her dad than her mom. That meaning that she was very light skinned. Yes, was yeah. her dad white? Her dad was white and her mom's black. So. She's that Chocotow Indian? Right? Yeah. She's oh, Chocotow. really? She had um like a mixture of, like, she's, there's a lot going oh, on. Okay. Rich. Cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. So she was, yeah, a little bit of everything. Um, I don't know why I always have a hard time with the same. She married Jacques Harris in 1819. He was a carpenter and a free person of color from Haiti. And his they... name was Jacques yes. Harris. Yes. That sounds like a fake French name. Um, and they lived in the French Quarter together. Um, he was part of the, the large <laughs> Haitian immigration that came to New Orleans, like Heather had talked about. Um, the migration... The migration. That didn't sound right. The immigrants that migrated. Um, there was kind of a mix of people. Um, some were French-speaking. Um, that were mostly it was slaves, and then there were a few that were freed slaves and all that. It was a posh, posh stuff. Um, but those with African ancestors helped revive voodoo and African-based cultural practices in New Orleans, which is where everything is kind of coming to blend right now. Um, Jacques went missing and was presumed dead in 1824. So Marie was left a widow and with two children raised, so she went to be known as Widow Harris. Now, there's some speculation on whether he ran away, yeah. he died, he... She killed him. No body. Ooh. Never found a body. Never found a body. So who knows if he just left and started a new life yeah. or... Oops. No one knows. That's kind of shitty, though, right? It is. Men have been fuckboys since the dawn of time. Was he a fuckboy? Was he a French fuckboy? He left her. Or... Or did he? Who knows? Maybe he's still there. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) So, after his death, she had to somehow, you know, help raise her children and support them. So, she went to work as a hairdresser, but that's not 100% proven. There's some, like... Yeah, I had heard that she was a hairdresser, and then she turned into a nurse after that. Yes. So, so I'll talk a little bit about that, and then I'm going to let you segue into the nursing, because... You probably didn't really need a, a, like, a license for either of those things back then. Well, actually, back then, so. um, barbers used to be, like, medical, like, they would do surgeries oh, and stuff that's like that. right. Yeah, that's what the red, white oh. barber... I totally forgot. I should know that. that, Okay, so that makes total sense. Um, So, like I said, she went to work as a hairdresser, catering to the wealthy white and Creole women of New Orleans. Um, Her clients considered a confidant, confessing to the most intimate secrets and desires about their husbands and their lovers, their estates and families, their husbands' mistresses, and business affairs. Now... Many believe this is kind of the root of where all her, like, voodoo practices started because it was more she was, since she was gaining so much and was able to kind of tell people, like, you know, be like an advisor to people or whatever. Um, Do you want to talk about her being a nurse? So she was a nurse and she performed surgeries. She also opened her home and took care of, like, a convalescent 
type of thing in her home and people that were terminally Ill, Ill which we would probably consider that hospice now yes. and so she had them in her home and she took care of them she also would go to the prisons and take care of the death row inmates before they uh, that they were condemned to die and she would counsel them as well and she even got a couple of inmates off of uh, death row out of the gallows so she served as a legal advisor as well. So she was a hairdresser, a nurse, a legal advisor. She did it all. She didn't know why she practiced practice law either. No. Just, she was fucking shit up. She was a badass woman. Um, around 1826, she entered a common law marriage with Christoph. Clapion? Yeah, Clapion. I was going to... Rumor has it, but I don't think it was a definite yes or no on that. But apparently she had 15 children with him. Oh, my yeah. God. Um, I don't know if that's actually 100% factual. I hope um, not. If you think your body would just break. You know what I mean? And apparently it was, I read it that they happen like kind of like one after I'm another. I'm sure. Like, uh, you would have to. Like, you'd have to. <laughs> you'd be too old to have kids. That's um, a lot. But basically, because she had all those children, she kind of had to stop working as a hairdresser. Um, she was born and raised Catholic and never lost that side of her, but she started to become interested in her mother's African traditional beliefs, which is where we already decided that voodoo, voodoo comes from. Comes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, actually, I remember I was going to ask you guys something before I wanted to talk about this. Where does the whole queen and, like, doctor stuff come from? So, when I was reading about the voodoo queen, that she didn't call herself that. So, some of the stuff that I was reading the other day was that it was uh, racially motivated. And oh, that they, oh. It was uh, derogatory to, oh. for her to be called voodoo queen. She didn't take that and say, I'm the voodoo queen. Oh. So, that's where that came from. But it's changed, you know, since then it's now no longer the possibility of voodoo queen isn't derogatory like it was then. So Got it. And then what about the doctor thing? The doctor thing, I did not, I haven't heard of that. So. Okay. Like her practicing medicine or? No, her medicine? learning from someone like, doc, like I have it that she learned from Dr. John. That sounds fake too. <laughs> She's like, uh, yeah, I totally have a medical license. I went from a doctor, like uh, John. It's gonna sound so awful, but is it in the Princess and the Frog that he's also referred to as Doctor? No, I forget. I think I've only seen that movie one time, and it was like fifteen years ago or whatever. It's really cute. It's really good. Oh, it, it makes me sad because of the little bug. Or whatever he is. And he's the like, light bug? The yeah, light. the light bug. That shit makes me so depressed. Because he can't... just wants to be with his wife. He's in the sky. Fuck. <laughs> and then there's like two stars there. Yeah. The... How about I kill myself? God damn it. <laughs> so I have that she learned her craft from Dr. John. That's where I was. I'm sure she, I'm sure she did. Who's a voodoo doctor. Uh-huh. Um, hence his name. And by 1830, she was considered one of many voodoo queens, which now I'm finding out was not a good thing back then. Oops. Um, <clears throat> so she combined voodoo beliefs with Catholic traditions such as holy water, incense, statues of saints, and Christian prayer. Now, this helped voodoo appeal to the upper middle class, which was her clientele. 
Um, her beliefs included the recognition of spiritual forces, which can be kind or mischievous. Connections with these spirits can be achieved through dance, music, singing, and the use of snakes. Did I get any of that right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> use of snakes. Yeah, snakes are big in voodoo. Yeah. For what purpose? They look cool. They give you goth cred. <laughs> Don't think that was a thing. You back could then. like impress you could impress the goth boy. <laughs> like, look at me, I have a snake. How are snakes used? When dancing, and I think they also use the venom. Oh, oh that makes sense. That's right. I wouldn't use a venom. I'm worried about that. They probably use the rattles, probably the fangs, yeah. Yeah. probably the skin, all kinds of all kinds of stuff. So Marie Laveau made a good income by selling, and I hope I'm going to say, it, is it Greek semen? Oh, the bags. Oh, Greek Greek bags. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which is the amulet? Originating in Africa, which is believed to protect the wearer from evil or to bring good luck. Mm -hmm. Um, She also sold charms, magical powders that were guaranteed to cure ailments. Um, She helped grant desires or, you know, help destroy enemies, which that works too. Um, She also told fortunes, gave advice on love, and prepared custom gregories for anyone needing to effect a cure, charm, or hex. Um, the news of her powers spread, and she overthrew the other voodoo queens in New Orleans. Ooh. Um, she acted as an oracle. She conducted private rituals behind her cottage in the French Quarter and performed exorcisms and offered sacrifices to spirits. Did she really do exorcisms? Probably. Is that debatable? That's debatable. That's because that's uh, exorcisms. All the exorcisms that are recorded her within the Catholic Church, so... But would that... Would her... I don't know if she did or didn't. But I guess that I could bet be, she probably did. But that would go but along I, with her... I bet they probably weren't actually possessed, though. Some other things going on. Yeah. Like... <laughs> yellow fever. They're having nightmares or they're alcoholics or it's something. It's really sad if you think about that, like, how many they did back then, and it was probably just someone that, like, was schizophrenic. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And... Or you're a woman who reads books. <laughs> Exorcism. We've learned that women on our podcast get the short end of the stick because if you're on your period, you're creepy, mm-hmm. and and that's why that's you died. Why you died. You died from your period. <laughs> you I should I should be cause dead of right death. Now. Uh, period. <laughs> what was the other one? Because you fainted, like you died from a faint. What was it? Everlasting Ever- faint. Oh, which wow. that also I was listening to a podcast today when they were like talking about how. Maybe women, ghosts aren't, ghosts only appear because women are on their period. I'm like, Jesus Christ, how many things can we? So if I go home and there's a ghost. You're haunted. (laughs) You're haunted because of your period. My hormones conjured a ghost. Got it. Okay. That sounds good. And also you're going to die. Sounds good. (laughs) Um, Is there anything you want to add about like her practices or? I just think that over the time she was really misunderstood. And she got a bad rap because of voodoo gets a bad rap. But I think oh, she was sure. actually a very helpful person. And, um, oh, yeah. Should have got more. She's really like a medicine woman. Well, she got a very bad rap by people. Um, I think. Well, I'm sure like the the Catholics and the religious people were just absolutely fucking horrified. Which, under now I understand why they were calling her a voodoo queen. Because that mm-hmm. was a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she got a really bad rap mm-hmm. from 
the locals, I guess. I'm sure. The, the gossipers. Yeah. yeah. People that just didn't understand. Yeah. And uh, what you don't understand, you want to make you, bad. You, f- you yeah. fear it, and then you want to, like, demonize yep. it. Like women in general, you're possessed because you're in a period. Yep. Women just, we're just shitty people. We're just, um, we're just uteruses. Mm -hmm. And we're always bleeding. Always. Uh, 24-7. Yep. So about 1875, she gave her last performance and announced her retirement, but she never really fully retired because she was just, I think, so open-hearted and warm that she just always wanted to help people. Um, which is really sad then to realize that she's kind of had such a bad, like, connotation in her name when she really was just, I think, just such an open and caring, caring person. So that kind of is sad. Um, on June 15th, 8081, she died peacefully at her home. So she's buried in St. Louis Cemetery Number 1 at the Laveau Grapion Family Crypt. Um, so there's another crypt in cemetery number two that is known as the Voodoo Vault, where visitors draw XXX on its white slabs in hope that, um, Marie Laveau's spirit will grant them a wish, but it's also decorated with hearts, pentagrams, poetry, and initials. And, um, I was looking at pictures of it, and it's actually kind of cool, because a lot of people do go visit it. It's actually one of the most visited tombs. Yeah. People leave rum there, too. They basically revere her as a deity. Like, she's, like, her own saint. So, I don't know how credible this is because it was just a little blur, but they are trying to, uh, God, what, what would that be considered? They are trying to make her a saint, I read somewhere. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. oh. Yeah. But it was, like, a quick little, like, blurb. I don't know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What there is to that. Right. Um, so, one of her, apparently, 15 children, mm-hmm. Marie, mm-hmm. um, decided to follow her her footsteps, so Marie Jr. Her, <laughs> her daughter Marie, mm-hmm. um, Marie the second, Marie Jr. Marie Jr. <laughs> Marie Marie. Why can't we be juniors? Right. Um, she decided to follow in her mother's footsteps and continued practicing voodoo. Although it's been said she didn't have the same warmth and compassion that her mother had, so she didn't go very far. But her daughter did end up owning. Um, her daughter also had kind of a little interesting life. She ended up owning, like, a brothel, like, a bar, a couple, like, other mm. things. Hmm. So she also had a very colorful life, too. That's but good. that is it about Marie. Live your best life. Is there anything Start you'd like to add about her? I think you covered it all. Yeah. Yeah. You did a good job. Yeah, Michelle's just been here reading reading a book. Yeah. Confirming. She's so she's cross-checking she, our work as we're going. I know. I'm like so nervous. I'm like, uh, I'm like talking. I'm like saying things. She's like, is that true? Hmm. Hold on. Let me check. Let me, page number three. Um, chapter three here says you're an idiot. No, I actually like that because it it is hard with stories like this that have such different. Everyone tells it differently. Yeah, there's there's really contradictory information yeah. out there. So. Yeah. I do want to ask you a very personal question. Ooh. You. Oh. How did you get into... Well, because you said you practice more hoodoo, right? Yeah. Is that too personal to ask? No. Okay. So I knew I started... Maybe I was probably 13, 14, really getting into witchcraft. Oh. And then I 
stepped back and thought about, okay, so which direction do I want to go in? Where are my ancestors going? And I thought about voodoo early on. I was probably 18 when I really started looking into it. And then, but I didn't know how my family was going to take it or anybody around me. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, everybody's going to banish me. So I kind of just started really researching it on my own and seeing how it felt. Um, It wasn't until probably actually 2000. In 15, I met another nurse who practices Centuria. And so we just started talking, and it's not something you just start talking about. It just, like, one day I was at her house, and I'm like, hey, what's that? She had a little god outside that she was feeding. And um, so we started talking. And then we just started getting into stuff, and it just clicked in my head that this is where I need to be. It felt really natural. And then that's why I went. I sat down with my mom, and I said, so, Mom, I'm going to start getting into voodoo more. I believe that's where my ancestors are pulling me. And she said, okay, I'm on board. Don't kill animals. And I said, yeah. I'm not going to do that. And looking into it more, hoodoo is, it's just a perfect fit for me. And I'm open about it. Like, I have a voodoo doll at work. And if you don't like it, don't come to my desk. Yeah. <laughs> like, if it bothers you, then it's doing what it's supposed to do because it's protecting. Right. I, I enjoy teaching people the, uh, the truth about voodoo and trying to get the stereotypes away. But... There are stereotypes with everything, yeah. so um, I think outside the box. And so, like, I'll talk to people at work, anywhere, even though people say you shouldn't do that. But if you could talk about Christianity, why can't you talk about it's all the same? Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and yeah. also, I'm sure you would have loved it if you had someone to guide you when you were younger, when you were in that, like, oh, where am I going? Like, yeah. Oh, it's nice to have someone. And it, it turns out that there's been a couple of my aunts practice witchcraft, but on my mom's side, so on the Portuguese side. Now, on my dad's side, the African side, the African-American side, nobody talks about it. So it's kind of like I'm at a standstill, but I know that there's relatives that know more mm-hmm. and have done more. But So I'm kind of working from within and teaching everything to myself at this point. So, yeah. But so I do think it's... More of it comes from your Portuguese side? Well, that that their witchcraft wasn't voodoo though on that side. Uh, okay. So, but I'm thinking that my desire comes from somewhere on my dad's side. Yeah. Because we, I can, I've traced the slave trade back to, um, back to Mississippi, and there's some things that be that I have gotten far enough back that it's not they weren't practicing regular religion, but I can't mm. break down any walls yet. But, yeah. Uh, but they. It, it's a good chance that it yeah, was voodoo, I'm thinking and they were covering it yeah. under something else. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what drives me. So that's why I feel it in my soul. So mm-hmm. oh, definitely. Yep. But you're kind of an eclectic witch, though. Yeah, because your main deity is Bast. Yes. correct. Yes, which is an Egyptian yeah. deity, and that, that's because I, I believe that I have Egyptian ancestors. Well, I mean, this was like pre-slave time, mm-hmm. and and you know. Africa, Africans sold other Africans into slavery. That's how it started. That's so fucked up. They sold themselves out. And so, and that's how, and so who knows, but I'm thinking that that's why mm. Bast is my okay. thing because I believe that I have direct ancestors directly in Egypt. So, which is part of Africa, and some people don't know that. That's believe true. it or not. I actually did know that, but that's a fucking miracle. I honestly didn't know that for the longest I time. Yeah. I don't know Until, where anything like, is. maybe five years ago. I, I said like, something to my hell? friend the other day, and what, what did I say? I said, like, I was like, oh, well, I don't remember. But I'm like, oh, well, I think it's from this country or Spain. I know they're nowhere near each other. And she was like, no, they're they're directly next to each other. And I was like, eh, Okay. Cool. 
I think it's kind of really interesting, though, because, like, if you think it, like, I feel like we're all so blurred within our different heritages and, like, lineage. Like, I feel like how you were saying, like, you feel like you have, like, answers, like, it's just, I feel like it's kind of crazy how that happens. Like, Mm -hmm. I know with my family, like, I wanted to learn more um, when we went to Colombia. Remember when I thought Colombia was next to Spain? Yeah. (laughs) That did happen. Not even close. <laughs> no. Nope. Not even close. Oops. Um, it was just, it's just interesting just to see the demographic and just see everything that happens and definitely want to learn more. Yeah. Because I know my mom dabbled in stuff, just doesn't want to talk about it. So I like want to know why she doesn't. Bruja, Bruja mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's interesting. A lot of my friends, parents were involved in that. So I had a lot of exposure to that too. I just, uh. Yeah. I never knew my mom did. I don't know if I, like, blocked it out, but apparently my mom would always, like, burn sage. And, like, two years ago, when I finally started kind of figuring out what I wanted to start doing, I remember I was trying to cleanse and I was burning sage. And my brother comes home and he goes, Mom, is that you? And I was like, no, it's me that's doing it. He goes, oh, Mom used to do that. I'm like, how do I not remember these things? Like, Hmm. no idea. Sage is very, very good. It gets rid of germs, too. Oh, it does? Yeah. Oh. There's a flu going around. Burn some sage. Um, I use clary sage, the oil, as a cure for menstrual cramps. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I rub it on my abdomen. And it... Oh, I think you were telling me I, about that. Oh, last I did. Time. Yeah, I did. Michelle, is there anything you want to add? Yeah. Uh, you have any corrections? No corrections. You guys did a wonderful job Thank with you. the resources that you had available. Thank you. Yeah. Um, just would like people to take away from this that voodoo is not bad. Voodoo is not bad. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what I think what we've learned really is that the stigma and the bad name that voodoo has is fucking racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's racist as fuck. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason that it's. You know, I mean, witchcraft in general is like, but then again, nowadays it's really not anymore. But voodoo is still like, ooh, you know, like. And it stems in racism. What I think is really annoying, no offense. Is it Instagram witches? So you can take, and I'm going to describe you without describing you because I'm not talking about you, but a pretty little white girl with blonde hair on Instagram. You're looking right at me. (laughs) I know, that's not all. I'm not trying to talk about you. It goes back to um, Damien when he was like, yeah, Instagram, he was Instagram like Instagram witches. witches. But it's true. You have these like, because they look cute and they're like how they dress and they're like, oh, look at me and look at my crystals. I what call I them like, non-practicing witches. But now it's like, okay, so now it's something cool that I can like go into. It's like, oh, okay, so you only made fun of me so bad in school that I cried every day mm-hmm. because I quote unquote thought I was a witch and was a fucking weirdo. Yeah. And was bullied so bad for it in fifth grade that, like, every day was hell. Oh, but now it's cool? Thanks so much. But 100% now it's like, oh, now it's something that you can, like, everyone can do. Like, I don't... No, I... Yeah. Trust trust me. (laughs) You know, the weirdos were the awesome ones. I was a weirdo, but... I think people were afraid of me, But me too. And it just sucks that we weren't all together. You know what I mean? Like, we all had our weirdo experiences by ourselves and were bullied and treated terribly and villainized and whatever and like if only we all could have 
had each other when we were younger. And it's weird because as adults, like especially in the, my work environment, if you can bring your crucifix to work exactly. and wear it, then guess what? I'm going to wear this. Exactly. And I'm going to wear it and the inmates will see it. Everybody will see it. And they'll ask dumb questions like, are you Satanist? And it can be if you piss me off, you know? <laughs> but like, I'm known as the weird gothic witch nurse. Mm-hmm. At work. Mm-hmm. I get my job done. But so there, there's little clicks with people there. It might be kind of good that people are a little scared of you. It might be for the best. Yeah. I think. But what you say is 100% true. If you're allowed to have a freaking cross on you, what makes it any different than what you want it? Like, it's all the same. If it means something special to you, then like, that's all that matters. And and this alone is a conversation piece because people think, oh, it means the devil. But it doesn't. It's protection. Michelle is holding up her um pentagram yeah. necklace just for yeah. the people who are listening and can't see us. <laughs> this, is, this is a podcast and not a video. <laughs> video. video. This is not a TV awesome. show. I love when, because we'll do air quotes, like people oh, yeah. can like, we'll be like, see us. Oh, do you do you see this? Yeah, I see that. Oh, that's so weird. Oh, and then we'll and then we'll be like, oops. Yeah, we forget that this is um, yeah. audio only. Um, so, do you guys want to pull some cards? Let's pull some okay. cards. We're subbing our obsessions this week for some tarot cards. Yeah, I'm going to have um, Selena and Michelle pull some cards from my deck. Okay. Okay. That's good. Hold on, why can't I read? Oh. Yeah. So, uh, Selena just pulled the Princess of Pentacles Um and in my deck, that's basically means you've got some uh, good money energy coming your way. So, knows I need that. holiday season, gonna be doing good. I hope so. Sitting on top of the money pile. You're gonna be Scrooge McDuck bathing in your <laughs> coin pool. <laughs> it was, um... Do you want to shuffle yourself, or would you like me to do Go it? Go ahead, okay. I like your, um, those are the best, um, analogies. Analogies, thank the you. Scrooge thank you. Everything was awesome. I better come into the morning. I got those damn shoes I want to buy. It's telling me that it's, it's ready for you. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, see, most people would interpret this as a bad thing. But the way I interpret the Five of Pentacles is that your money struggles are behind you. And you're going to be coming into a better space. So both of you have... You both pulled Pentacles, which is interesting. Um, And if you've been... Have you had... This is, like, so personal. But I think we've... we've (laughs) (laughs) Have I had struggles with money? Of course. Not... It's been a while, but yes, there's some bits of struggles. So, um, another way to interpret this is that there's people in your life that are struggling, and you're going to be able to help them. Is so, that a good thing? Yeah. yeah. That's what happens. It's the bank of Michelle sometimes, uh-huh. so. <laughs> but if I'm in the position to do it. Right? Yep. Oh, so maybe that's what it is. Maybe you are going to have someone that comes to you. Oh, I'm pretty sure. So, basically what we've learned is that (laughs) Selena's going to be taking money from Michelle and Scrooge McDucking it. Yes. Um, Can you Venmo me? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I got the Five of Cups. 
which says disappointment at the top, so that's good. Um, this, okay, so this is very typically me. Um, the Five of Cups, so you see that in the imagery in the Five of Cups, like he's looking, I'm going to show you two, see, he's mm -hmm. looking at the three cups that are knocked over, right? And he's like sad. He's like, oh no, my cups! <laughs> but there's two that are standing up here that are full, and he's not looking at them. This is like being grateful for what you have mm -hmm. and not worrying about the shit that's going wrong. It's like, no, no, no. Shift your mentality to look at the good things in your life and not focus on this stupid shit, mm -hmm. you know? Which tends to happen to everyone, really. Yeah. Like, we can all get really caught up in the our worries and our woes and, and be like, oh, everything's terrible, everything sucks. But we, have, we do have things to be grateful for. And we do have good things going for us. Mm -hmm. So I just have to be sure to make sure my priorities are straight and that I don't take anything for granted. Which I, I think I'm pretty good at not doing that. But we can all slip into that mentality yeah. sometimes. See, I like my cards are very like artsy, so like I can't like look at the them. imagery is too. Yeah, I've your deck. It's also kind of minimalist. Yeah, it's very artsy and it's very minimalist. So it's like I do love it though. Oh yeah, it's really really pretty. But yeah, sometimes some some decks are like with more like traditional decks and stuff like that. You can like actually like right like since I'm still. I feel like I need to, like, switch to something like that for me, like, still trying to figure out. That's a lot of damn That happened to, to me. Um, when like, I, I, my first deck was the Goddess deck, and there's, they, they have so many, um, so, like, so, like, um, see how this says Eight of Pentacles, and then at the top it says Prudence? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like that, but it wouldn't say Eight of Pentacles at the bottom. It would just oh. say something else, and I'm like, I don't know what this means. Yeah. So I had to go get the basic Rider Waite deck yeah. and start over yeah. and learn from that. I feel like I need to do that. Which helped a lot. Yeah. So I highly recommend it. Anyway, um, I guess we're done. Yeah. That was a good, that was a good little episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you so much, Michelle, for coming. That was Thanks for having really me. awesome. Thank you so much for all of your insight and for making sure we didn't make fools of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, that's it for us this week. We'll see you next Thursday. But if you miss us in the meantime, remember, we're always with you in spirit. And we love you. Ta-da-da-da-da-da.